Welcome to the Market Podcast with your host, Ross Rosson III. On this episode, we have the pleasure of speaking with Mr. Adam Lieb, who is the CEO and co-founder of Asterhaas. He created the Free Write line, which is a distraction free writing tool, in 2014. Since then, the Free Write has been distributed to over 50 countries and has over 150 million words written year to date. He is also a seasoned crowdfunder and has ran multiple campaigns, raising over $1 million in funding. Adam is also a graduate of MIT and previously worked on Wall Street, but left in 2011 to start his first startup. This June 2021 marks Adam's 10-year anniversary from leaving his corporate job in banking and starting the pursuit towards being an entrepreneur. Before we dig in and get to know Adam Lieb, I would like to thank you once again for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share it with your friends. Thanks again and take care. I know that's a lengthy uh, you know, intro. Uh, but first off, let me just ask you, you know, why did you even get into the entrepreneur world leaving Wall Street? Like what made well, you, I, what happened? What happened? Well, I always knew, I think I always knew that I wanted to start my own thing. I mean, even when I was uh, a kid, you know, in high school with our mutual friend, Mr. Sam, um, mm-hmm. we were we were dealing stuff on eBay. And so yeah. even from a, ver- a very early age, even before that, you know, I was looking mm-hmm. for ways to make money. And, um, and I think I had a, a unique opportunity coming out of college to, to join a, a bank. And I wanted to take advantage of that because I knew that that was sort of a, you know, you can only really do that leaving school. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, okay, this would be something cool. This would be a great experience. It was, uh, it was 2007, which is when I graduated. So it was, it was actually like the peak 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 mm. market and yeah. um you know i wanted to see what was out there what what was this investment banking thing that everybody was talking about but i knew that it wasn't going to be forever and mm. um you know so after after four years i i finally got the courage to leave wow but that's what happened now tell me this what was it that was there a distinct moment because i talked to a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of them say you know I didn't like the nine to five. I didn't like the rat race of life that I was in. You know, there was a, a, a limited potential for me. Um, what was the distinction to get you to become an entrepreneur full time? I, I don't think for me it wasn't one thing. I, I knew that I always, first of all, I actually liked working in my banking job, which a lot mm-hmm. of people are really shocked to hear. They're like, oh, I bet you were so happy to get out of that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I actually think about those years really fondly. I was able to work you know, that environment, it collects really intelligent people, all people that are super hardworking. You know, if you don't, if, if you can make it for multiple years on Wall Street, like, mm-hmm. you, you know, you, you have something going. Um, mm. That doesn't mean you're the best person in the world, but like, <laughs> you work hard, you know, you're yeah. probably pretty smart, you know how to politic, and, you know, and people have interesting backgrounds. So I actually really liked, I actually w- liked working in that role. I just knew that, for me, I'm much more of a creative person. And mm-hmm. finance to me, like I, I just didn't have any outlet for any of my creativity. And so mm-hmm. I wanted to work in, in products. And that's that's what I had studied in college along with my mechanical engineering degree. And I just really wanted to find a way to get back into products. And at that time, it just seemed like I may as well just make my own products. And, and, and actually, I think, you know, if I think about it, really, I think the, the availability to do crowdfunding and Kickstarter was mm-hmm. something that's so powerful. And something that when I first heard about it, I was just, I really connected with that. 
Mm -hmm. And and I had always wanted to do a Kickstarter. And it wasn't so much that like I knew I was going to do a Kickstarter right away, but I think that there was there was an opportunity to be able to go on my own and and make something. And you know, maybe I'll do a Kickstarter or maybe I'll raise money or maybe I'll just make something and have it be fun. I don't know. But um mm -hmm. I think at that point it was just like I need to get out of Wall Street and 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 start, you know, expressing myself in some creative way. That's awesome. And, you know, thank God you made the jump because you, you, de you definitely are impacting people's lives. Right. So, you, you know, and I almost think you're on the forefront of the distraction free writing, because I think as we get more into tech, this is just going to become more and more and more of a thing. Right. And you're probably really at the base of here, even though you've already had such a success with it. I'm sure you're probably thinking that this is going to even take off even more. So I kind of want to even ask you my next question, which to explain more for people to understand what Kickstarter um, and you know the funding sites that you're you know using here, basically it's almost like a seed investing round for somebody, right? That without reaching out to a bunch of well, oh, hold on, let me re reverse this. It's basically without reaching out to individuals specifically, it's a way to get a bunch of people a part of something that they get a reward on, such as the product or an incentive to help raise funds to see if your actual product is going to work, correct? Yeah, I think if, it, and look, like Kickstarter and Indiegogo, which are the two largest crowdfunding platforms, mm -hmm. they're, they've changed over the years. Um, they've become, I'm actually still very positive about them. I, it depends mm -hmm. on who you talk to, but I, I think that they're still great things. And, you know, for products, there's different types of campaigns, but for, for products, I think the best way to think of it is a way to pre-sell your products. So instead of having to spend all the money on product development, to spend all the money on tooling and manufacturing mm -hmm. support, you can put your, you know, hopefully fully baked concept out onto the internet and actually give people a mechanism to show that they they want it potentially by actually putting money where their mouth is. Mm -hmm. And so instead of just saying, oh, like, you know, I have this new widget and are you interested in it? And people say, oh yeah, but there's no commitment. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a way for people, for customers, for consumers to say, wow, this thing is something totally unique. I can actually show my support and maybe get some kind of discount off of, mm. you know, potential future retail price. Um, and that actually enables, you know, these companies or people to, you know, have a, a first manufacturing run and to get the product off the ground. And so um, the cool thing about it is that there's no equity involved. Mm -hmm. When both Kickstarter and Indiegogo started, it was actually, it, it wasn't legal to offer like a crowdfunded equity thing. Oh, now okay. it actually is. Wow. Yeah, it, it, they changed that with the, I think with the Jobs Act. Um, but back then you you weren't allowed to do crowdfunded equity. So it's kind of cool because you're literally able to get money from people, mm -hmm. from strangers. Yeah. You're not selling any part of your business. You're just selling this product or something at a at some kind of you know larger discount. Um, for the benefit of being able to actually make the first run of product. And yeah. um, and people yeah. are really super happy about it generally. What made you come up with the free write? That's what I'm curious about. And Because, you know, we can just turn off all the disturbs options on our laptop, but the truth is, is that we're going to click around, right? So where did you come up with this idea and, you know, how did you implement it, I guess? Yeah, so... The, the story about how the idea came up was really during a conversation with my co-founder. And at the time, we were just actually sitting across from each other in sort of a co-working space, not working on similar things at all. We were just, we just like to chat every once in a while. And he was telling me about some distraction-free software that he used just on his laptop. And that specific software 
it was called distraction free because it would block everything, but it also had this extra, this extra feature of disabling the backspace key. And mm. I thought that that was like something super interesting because I had no idea, like, why would you ever want to do that? And mm. coming, basically just me being very inquisitive and, and very process oriented, we started this whole conversation about writing process. And he was telling me that um, really he, he, he found that having the backspace, that critical, that having to you know, critically think about your work also gets in the way of your flow. And this, mm. this just sort of expanded into this whole concept of, well, what is getting in the way of our flow? And, and writing happened to be the, the application that what we were talking about, but, and also what we went into. But it's something that I think about you know, all the time in all contexts, like what does productivity mean? How do we remove distractions? How do we stay focused? Um, mm. and, and back at that, you know, back in 2014, this was still, people were aware of it, but definitely not as much as they are now. And yeah, when and, that, and that's also part of the reason that the original concept took off so quickly is because we put it out there. We called it a distraction-free writing tool, and it was so provocative, both positively and negative. And I think negatively. And I think one thing that I learned from that experience is that if you really want someone to love something, you almost have to have people kind of hate it to like keep the universe in balance. Yes, like. Yeah. There's yeah. just something, I don't know why exactly, but yeah. every time I've ever, you know, made anything, like if it's not provocative, it's, if it's not, and I, and I don't mean provocative and necessarily in a negative way, but it has to yeah. actually provoke an emotional reaction. Mm. If people are just like, meh, like that's just not going to work. Yeah. You know, it has to be something interesting enough that people want to write a comment on your, you know, Instagram feed, or they want mm. to email you and say like, how do I buy this thing? Or mm. they email us just out of the blue saying like, you're an idiot. Why don't people just turn off their Wi-Fi? Like <laughs> this is the end of all civilization. If they have to buy this <laughs> tool just to stay focused when they can just turn off their current devices features. Right. But I think the reality is like, the reality is that people were really clamoring for this, for this idea mm -hmm. and that actually writers not not everyone else, but writers, mm -hmm. this is something that they think about 100% of the time, especially modern yeah. writers. So so yeah. it wasn't, you know, it doesn't, you know, it's something that like, you know, we kind of got lucky. Like we obviously tried to craft the perfect product, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, like we put it out there and people just responded to it way more than we could have asked for or we, we could have known. And, and that's what, you know, helped to take off and what led to the Kickstarter and what led to the production and the whole thing. Okay. So. Now, in in terms of like your, you know, how many things you have built and and how many have actually taken off, right? This is definitely one that has been successful. Uh, would you say so? You know, I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs and they have this one idea. Oh, Ross, this is going to take off and this is really going to, you know, get me to my millions. But that's not always the case, right? And so, if you're an entrepreneur, you know, how many, how much are you putting into your this one idea? Now, are you burning the boats and saying, "Hey, I got to go all in on the free write," or are you still also, you know, working out other avenues and still building other products along with this? I mean, for me, it was actually sort of the death of my previous startup, Sundaily, mm -hmm. my nutritional okay. supplement brand. I put everything into that, and I was super burnt out. And I really wanted to just make something new that was different. And it wasn't even meant to be like, oh, this was going to be my next thing. It was actually just, it was almost more of an art project than it was going to be my next product, truthfully. Wow. And 
and it was just a completely different experience. Like with my nutritional supplements, I always, I always felt like I was pushing them onto the market, not pushing them into people, but like pushing them into the market. The market had its, had its idea of what a successful nutritional supplement brand was or product. Mm-hmm. And I was like trying to wedge my product into these like various different angles that some people mm-hmm. cared about and other people's didn't. And then when we launched the original concept, which was called Hemingwright, it was like completely different. Like we just yeah. got swamped with people interested in it. And, and, and they didn't even know anything about it other than the title and what it looked like. Like they didn't know what it even did. Like <laughs> they didn't even know that it was not even real. They're like, I and want so, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that that experience like really helped me solidify like what is a good product and the way, and I've talked to a lot of people about this, but you know, for a product to be good, like at some point it needs to break out. It needs to sort of like get out of your control a little bit. Like su- supply has to be limiting it more than demand. And I think that's a really hard thing for people to to internalize, especially if you've never actually like been part of a successful product or successful mm-hmm. launch of something. Because, you know, as consumers, we, we experience things so differently than as people that actually create things. Because mm-hmm. there's this selection bias where we're only as consumers, we're really only seeing successful things, generally speaking, you know, yeah. because if it's gotten to you. That means it's already in the grocery store or it's already being sold. You know, like we're already yeah. seeing things that have sort of passed the bar of, of some level of success. And when you're making something like it's that bar of success is really high. And, yeah. and I think like I, you know, there's this old. Uh, people always say like, oh, the idea doesn't matter. It's all about execution. I think that's nonsense. Mm-hmm. Like that, I think that gives, unfortunately, I think that gives entrepreneurs a lot of excuse to keep working on terrible ideas mm-hmm. when really like they need to have, they, they do, they need to start with a good idea. Yes. You yeah. also need to execute, but if you are executing really well on a terrible idea, you are going to waste so much of your time and energy. Like <laughs> yeah. it, it's just going to yeah. be so painful. And yeah. so I I, I'm just like, you know, I think, well, like okay, well, Adam, let's we'll stop right there yeah. then. Okay. When do you, when do you say, okay, this is a horrible idea, right? I mean, there's times even with my app, I mean, I was so adamant. I'm pushing this app, pushing this app. And then Zillow came up right behind me. Oh, we already got the product. Here you go in one week. Right. I mean, of course that happens, but at what point, you know, as you, you're so passionate, how do you leave, you know, from passion and desire and I'm going to push this product through so you know what, man, this really isn't what is supposed to happen. I need to drop this and move on to the next thing. At what point do you recognize? Because, you know, there's so many entrepreneurs and I know you've heard the stories, you know, a thousand times over. Well, where they're at the one yard line and the goal line. And if they just push through that extra yard, boom, they touch down and they their products a success. Whereas, man, what if what if this isn't the actual goal line? I'm our, I'm actually at the one yard on the opposite side of the field. How does an entrepreneur recognize that? and you know let it go and move on i think that's the hardest thing like knowing when to quit actually mm. and i and yeah. i i had to learn that lesson the hard way too and that's why I, that really what helped me form this concept of like breaking out and mm. if your product is not breaking out like if it's not getting out of your control a little bit like it's almost certainly not a distribution or marketing problem it's mm. almost certainly a product problem and people don't yeah. want to admit that. And so if, and also, I mean, I think, I mean, there's how I built this podcast, which I'm sure many of your listeners listen to. It's a great mm-hmm. podcast, you know, and, and they, he talks to all these different people about, you know, their, their successful companies. And a lot of times you hear about these struggles, 
But the thing that you, I, I think is always a theme, it's like these companies have a lot of struggles and then they like kind of pivot or they change one thing. And then all of a sudden it, it is, it is an yeah. overnight success. Yeah. And it's like, well, actually, so if they had done that thing at the beginning, would it still have been overnight success? I would argue probably yes. Yeah. Probably. I, it would be. And, yeah. but that's, I think that's the tenacity that you have to have as an entrepreneur. It's like, mm -hmm. you have to keep going, but you also can't hold on too dearly to things that are just not working. Mm. And that's, that's equally as hard as like keeping going. Yeah. Cause it's your pride and your ego that always get in the way. Uh, you, totally. you think you have this awesome, you know, concept and idea, but really if, if there's nothing to offer, that's good. That's good. So tell me this, what, what, what is next on Adam Lee's agenda? I mean, do you, are you still, you know, pushing the free write all the way? Do you have anything else? I know you're always working on things. One of the things that really stood out to me with you, and I don't even know if you remember this conversation. Um, and for those of you that are listening and watching this, we have a mutual friend named Sam. Um, Sam probably doesn't get enough credit uh, to his own. He has, I mean, dude, his warehouse has facilitated so many successful people. Um, one day, Sam, we're going to have to make him a shirt, right? We'll put him on a yeah, shirt. Absolutely. But uh, one thing that really stood out to me with you, and, I, and you're going to probably be like, whoa, I did not expect you're going with this, uh, going there with this. But when Bitcoin was at $200, guys, okay, well, listen, because I know Bitcoin's a big frenzy right now. When Bitcoin was at $200, Mr. Adam Lee in a group text said, Ross, do not miss the boat. <laughs> and I had no, Adam. I remember it was between a, a, a full frame camera or like three Bitcoin. Okay. Cause at that time, like I could get a used full frame camera and I, yeah. I was a photographer and I wanted one, you know, and you told me don't miss the boat $200. Look at it now. Um, you know, so this, this is why I, another reason why I wanted to have you on because you seem to catch things very early, Adam, you really do. I mean, Bitcoin at 200, do you know how many people would be like, you know, I don't even know they'd probably hug you and kiss you and, and all those other things for telling them that info um, and it taking off and then the distraction free write intrigues me because I still think man this thing has so much more to go because of where we're heading um, what do you do to you know catch these patterns way before everyone else catches it I mean there's got to um, be a process if <laughs> If it makes you feel any better, I, I mostly missed the boat on that too. Oh, so, no, you did not. Get out of here. There's no way. I, you know, yeah, well, um, I don't, is there a process? I don't think there's a, a, a conscious process, but I think the things that I do naturally are lead myself to, I mean, you know, I've always been a big reader of what's going on in, in the tech world and what's going on and just generally like trends. I think that's just helped me stay. And, I, and I'm, I'm just super interested and curious. I think the thing that, <clears throat> thing, the thing that has always been um, useful to me is that I'm interested in a, a very diverse group of things. Like nothing is not interesting to me, like whether it's like food science or horseback riding, like I, you know, and I, I don't even really care about either of those things. Those are like the two most random things I can think of. <laughs> But I will still, you'll still probably find me reading some article about something like that, yeah. like just because it's it's interesting. And so, I mean, like all of these ideas, like bad ideas are, they, all these good ideas start off as bad ideas. Hmm. That's good. And it takes a long time, especially when it, when it requires like market forces, like when it requires a big group. I mean, look, like I, I still have no idea what's going to happen with Bitcoin. I still have no idea what's yeah. going to happen with Ethereum. Um, but I think that the constant is that 
almost always there's like really, really smart people that are, that are behind them, you know, yeah. and even things like Facebook, right? Like mm -hmm. I remember when Facebook went public and Sam and I, and, and a lot of other people were talking about it. And it's like, look, when you have like the smartest people of an industry mm -hmm. doing one thing, like you can usually bet on that thing. It doesn't yeah. even matter what it is. You <laughs> right. know? Yeah, it really doesn't. They're going to, yeah. I think, yeah, they're going to create a market excitement and people are going to follow suit, right? That's just what's going to happen. Yeah. And I think for some, like when you, when you get big enough too, I mean, these, these sorts of economies of scale have become really, really powerful and the distribution network that you have, um, whether it's Facebook or Tesla superchargers or, you know, whatever it is, like yeah. those things are really powerful. Um, mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times people underestimate that. So I don't have a good answer for you. I just, I just like stuff hey. and, Hey, that, keep that's, staying you know you're humble with it that, that you're very humble to say the least on that you know most people could say well you know i just i can bet everything and i'm the guy you know but you're over here saying i'm just creative and i think that there's a lot to be said because of the things that i read and, and watching other successful entrepreneurs like yourself is you need to have curiosity in, in marketplaces and uh be humble enough to and and wise enough to ask a lot of questions and to you know see what's going on because that's what gives you the stance to create what you create and uh, be an entrepreneur, right? Can I ask you a question? Go ahead. What led you to changing your life's path and go into real estate? Everyone needs a house. <laughs> no, um, you know, to be honest with you, I was selling suits um, at Men's Warehouse, okay? And I had, I had this journal, which I take everywhere with me. And in 2016, 2017, I wrote a list of things that I wanted in my life, right? I hit this moment where I was like, man, I see all these people have all these things and I see all these people who don't. Okay, what separates, you know, those from have, that have and that don't? And I, I sort of tried to understand, you know, how the world works and all this stuff. Um, and then I realized, you know, I had this, you know, capacity and I loved connection. I love connecting people and I didn't know why. And uh, being curious and being open-minded, I, I started to see what that looked like. And I had two people come in back to back into my store and they were young and they were very successful. And I said, what do you guys do? And they're like, we're in real estate. You know, we sell real estate. And I'm like, how, how you're 20 what years old and you're, you're buying all these suits. They weren't even asking the prices on things, Adam. Okay. And for me, yeah. like a hundred dollars was a lot of money at that time. And uh, so, I, you know, it wasn't just the money, but, but I basically, I got, I got my license and I, I, a gentleman told me, if you give it everything you have, you can make a hundred grand your first year. I set out and I gave it everything I had and I was just shy of a hundred grand my first year. Uh, but I think, you know, my ability to be creative, like you said, my ability to listen and, and stay mindful to those around me, um, I was able to drop things relatively fast, right? Like, you know, a lot of people saw me you know, I would have this job for six months and then I would leave and go on to the next. And then I'd have this job for six months and I'd leave and go to the next. And, you know, my parents were frustrated. People were frustrated. Ross, why are you doing this? But it, I was ultimately searching, constantly searching. Okay, well, yeah, this doesn't work with me. Why am I going to ride it out for two more years, right? Okay, no, we're, we're dropping yep. it. We're moving on. And so uh, I, I, I connected with something finally and it took off. Um, do, you think, so, yeah. do, you think, do you think the process was harder than you expected when you first started or easier? If I look back, knowing what it took, I, it, I would do it all over again. 
what they don't tell you is the sleepless nights, the 24 hours sometimes you work in a row just, just to get to where you want to go. It takes everything, right? It yeah. really does. It takes everything. So well, I think, yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, like, I think, I think it's awesome, right? Like, you know, the most powerful thing I think for people is to be around other people that you can be inspired by and you can aspire to be, even in some sense. Mm -hmm. It doesn't, you don't have to be it. You don't have to be that person. Yeah. But if those people are exhibiting characteristics that you think are desirable, it's like, okay, mm -hmm. well, what are they, how are they doing that? And I think Thanks. like being, being able to have that, get that influence selling suits, mm -hmm. like how impactful is that to you? Right. Was, I mean, that's yeah, so, so amazing. impactful. Yeah. And you, like you said, you are who you hang out with, you know? So, and I've learned that it, it everything really, and I don't want to get too philosophical or into paradigms and, you know, mindsets and energy and all that other stuff that I, I believe in. But I think that, yeah, you know, who you are going to put yourself in position with and, and the ideas that you adopt from people really are really what's going to make your future, right? And that's kind of another reason why I wanted to start this podcast is to show people, hey, look at, you know, these are just everyday ordinary people who connected with an idea and you can do the same. And that's kind of where my purpose is now shifting. You know, yeah, I understand how to sell houses and, you know, I'm great at that and I will always sell houses, you know, uh, but now I understand my purpose too is connecting individuals and meeting more people and, you know, filling in those gaps. And so that's the next uh, quest I'm on now. So it's been great. And I mean, it's been awesome seeing, seeing your content come out. Cause I think everybody wants, like, especially now people see YouTube influencers, TikTok, blah, blah, blah. Right. And mm -hmm. it's like, Oh wow. Like they're already so famous and they're doing things that I could do. It's like, mm -hmm. but nobody ever watches them when they first start, you yeah. know, and it takes, it's a really slow buildup, but at the same time, it's like, you know, Warren Buffett's thing about compound interest. Like yes. it starts really slow and then all of a sudden at the end, it's like, boom, you know, boom. huge, huge, huge jumps. Yep. Right? And what is, and what does he say? He says, you know, everyone wants to get rich, but no one wants to, it, everyone wants it now. They want it today. But if they can wait a little bit, that's when you're really going to see a reward. Right. Yeah. And that was the well, hardest think, thing. Go ahead. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's awesome that what you're doing and you're putting yourself out there and like, you know, if, if this helps five people, then that's good. That's good, man. And then we did our job, right? Because at the end of the day, uh, that the my goal is always just to add as much value to the world as I possibly can, you know. And uh, for those of you that want to know where Adam Lieb is referencing to, I worked at this shop where I would sit at a tool machine and make dental supplies over and over and over for eight hours, ten hours, twelve hours a day. And that's how I kind of got to know you and Sam and everybody else. And so. Uh, yeah, it is definitely kind of cool to be full circle and now, you know, talking to you about your success as well as mine. So um, but thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Heck it's yeah. It's been good to know you. Yeah, man. It's been, well, this is only the beginning, you know, <laughs> I, I'm sure I'm sure we'll have uh, many run ins in the future as well. Now, tell me this, though. Where would you like people to, uh, you know, find you at so they can kind well, of follow your story? Yeah, I mean, if you're interested in the free right, which we've talked about, our distraction-free mm -hmm. tools, you can go to getfreeright.com. Uh, you can also just Google free right, and it'll come up, you know, right away. Um, I'm on Twitter's kinda. Uh, I am at or I am Adam Lieb, um, awesome. and yeah, just uh, you know, go out there and make stuff. Heck yeah, awesome, Adam. Well, thank you so much, and uh, congrats again to your continued success. Ten-year anniversary here as an entrepreneur. 
Um, you're definitely leading the way in your industry and our industries, I should say. And I can't wait to see you at the top, my friend. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate you having me on. All right. Heck yeah, man. Take care.